0: Name one item in your closet you'd rather trade a kidney for than give up.
1: My denim jacket.
0: Hands down, who's your all-time favorite designer? Chanel. What trend needs to die and never come back? Bodycon dresses. If you could lose yourself shopping in any city, which one would you choose? Paris. What's your favorite brick-and-mortar store? Barney's. Okay, so we know that you're big into travel, too. We're going to ask you a couple of our travel quick-start questions. What's your favorite U.S. city you would visit again and again? Austin. Ah, yay for Austin! Austin. Tell us something you never leave home without. My noise-canceling headphones. And do you have a favorite bag or suitcase?
1: I carry my Hudson and Bleecker garment bag everywhere with me.
0: Hey, Julie. Hey, Tedra. So today on the show, we're talking to Ashley Nelson. She's the blogger and influencer behind OnTheTen.com. Ashley quit her job two years ago in corporate PR to work for herself, and she hasn't looked back. Personally, I thought her story
2: was contagious for anyone interested in content creation. She gets real, gives great tips, and discusses her love of yoga and soul cycle. Ashley is a teacher, a networker, a learner, and a motivator, to just name a few.
0: Yeah, we actually chatted with a before who've mentioned that comparison is such a joy stealer. And we totally agree with that. But Ashley turned our thoughts upside down when she said, instead of comparing yourself to others, look to see what you can learn from them. We loved this, and we know you'll love her interview, so listen in. Mm-hmm. You're listening to We Get to Know podcast, and for years, we've all been following some of the most inspiring bloggers and social media influencers. Simply put, we're inspired. The next best thing to following our favorite influencers is hearing their stories straight from them. So listen in as we get to know Ashley.
2: Hi, Ashley. Welcome to the show today. We're happy to have you here. Hi, thanks for having me. Okay, so where are we talking to you today from? I am in New York right now. Okay, nice. How long have you been in New York?
1: I have been living in New York now for 10 years, which is Oh, crazy. wow. I know, okay. I know.
2: Has it gone by super fast?
1: <laughs> so fast. But I also, I don't spend as much time here as I used to because I travel quite a bit. So I feel like I'm kind of falling back in love with my city.
2: Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So what brought you to New York?
1: Work. Right after college, I came up here for a job in PR. Okay, so where are you from and where did you go to school? So I'm originally from Dallas, from a suburb of Dallas, and I went to school at the University of Oklahoma and then moved up here to pursue a career in PR and worked at a large PR agency for quite some time before branching off and going on my own.
2: Okay, so Ashley, you went to OU, I went to UT, so a little bit of a rivalry there. Oh, yes, 100%. I'm actually going back
1: for OU Texas later this year so.
2: Oh, good. Or I guess as you phrase it, Texas OU. Yes, yes. Well, I wasn't going to correct you. You know what? I I've, I've have I've more longhorn friends than I know what to do with, so I'm used to it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you've been in New York for 10 years. You were working in PR. Yes. And then tell us how kind of the beginning, how you branched out to start your own travel, fashion, blog, et cetera.
1: Yeah. I was working for a very long time. I was working on... One of my clients was a kitchen appliance brand. And I it was not exciting. It was not riveting, it was you know it was a, it was a job and i loved the team that i was with but it wasn't anything that was remotely creative or anything that i was truly passionate about and i started becoming close with a number of kind of like the first bloggers if you will and they were asking why i wasn't doing my own site and you know you're traveling so much and you know you have such cute style it was very complimentary <laughs> but you know it got my gears turning i was like okay well i just don't really have time i don't have time and then i had moved to another company and I ended up having a little bit more time just because that particular job was not as demanding as the last one was. And so that's when I really started putting in time and effort into what my blog was originally called Impossibly Imperfect. And I went through a rebrand last year. It was something that I wanted to do because I felt like I kind of had a platform and I just wanted to be able to share what I was doing here in New York. And I think it really started out as being able to kind of share with my friends and my family, my life here, because I would do a lot of stuff in New York and I would talk about new restaurants and slowly over time, once I started traveling more, that really kind of evolved into really travel, fitness, fashion, wellness, kind of that lifestyle 360, if you will.
2: Right. So you started with your blog
1: before Instagram. Is that right? Definitely started my blog and then started putting stuff on Instagram because I think it made a lot of sense for me at the time to have the blog.
2: Instagram was just kind of just starting to be what it is now. Right. So what made you change your name from Impossibly Perfect to what it is now on the 10?
1: You know, you kind of, you create something and you're like, okay, well, that's fine. (laughs) I'll It sounded, you know, it was a double negative and I would joke around. I'm like, I'm the least perfect person. And I just, you know, it was very fitting for me. And I think, you know, you look back at it and I was like, okay, well, from a branding standpoint, that probably wasn't the smartest thing. Like Man Repeller works really well for Man Repeller, right? But a double negative going into a client and being like, I'm imperfect. Do you want to work with me? That needed to change. <laughs> and so I at the time was living on 10th Street and so my entire world revolved around 10th Street. And I worked from home, I shot everything for the most part in my neighborhood and so that's kind of where on the 10 came from because everything was really happening on 10th Street. And I didn't want to do my first to my last name because it just There are a number of Ashley Nelsons out there. (laughs) It was a nice change. And I think it was a very long overdue change. I like where it is now, so.
2: Yeah, it definitely is all encompassing. It's a great, and I like how you just explained it. So your side is what you said, 360. Travel, style, fitness, beauty. One thing I will mention, I'm a fellow Black Tag Core Power member. Oh, nice. It is like my favorite place ever. And Sculpt is my favorite class. I
1: was about to say Sculpt is my favorite class. When they came to me, it was funny. I have a, a number of really great girlfriends that are here that work in the wellness and the fitness space. And I said, you know, I'm not a hardcore... Yogi. And she's like, That's why we want to work with you. You are the complete antithesis of a hardcore yogi. Because I'll go every once in a while. But she's like, I think you are gonna really enjoy our sculpt class. And she was right. I mean, that is I go to that class once or twice a week.
2: It's so crazy. The first time I went, I went with three girlfriends and they were like, Oh, you'll love this class. It seems like it would be right up your alley. And but they didn't explain what it was. I just thought it was a yoga class. And so I went and they're like, Get your weights, and it's so hot, and then there's card involved. And so the whole time I was like eye rolling at my friends and we finished, I'm like, okay, that was one and done. I'll never go back. And then somehow it became my favorite class. I mean, I, last summer, I think I went like four or five times a week because I was like addicted. It's such an awesome workout.
1: It is. It's such a fantastic workout. And I really love it because there's locations all over the country. So anytime I'm home in Dallas, I can go and do the class and everything. Cause they've got a bunch of locations there.
2: Yeah. So powered that's a brand obviously you work with. They came to you and...
1: Yeah. So we, had, we did a really great partnership at the beginning of this year when they had just launched, you know, it was the new year. So they had just launched a new program to get new people in there. So we worked together to bring in my community and my followers to do a free week. So it was, you know, I think it was really great. I do a lot of work with a bunch of studios here in the city. And I work with SoulCycle regularly and Barry's Bootcamp and Rumble Boxing. and Oh, wow. You know, it's for someone, you know, I sat at a desk job for a very long time and it was a very stressful desk job. And, you know, you're in New York and the hustle and the bustle and just, you know, it's a very stressful environment at times. And so I've always been active, but I think, you know, just... Over the course of time, I've really made sure to make fitness a priority for me just because you need to also kind of give yourself a mental break and it's a great de-stressor. It doesn't matter what class you're in. You know, it's just, you feel good and, and it's 45 minutes or an hour that you're focusing on yourself. So I like to change it up and go to a bunch of different places. You guys will have to give me recommendations for when I'm in
2: Austin. Oh, for sure. I will put a whole list together for you. I would love that. Yeah. Well, I think that this is so awesome. You had a stressful desk job and you've like parlayed this into working with fitness brands and travel. And I mean, that's really awesome to hear that you've kind of done a 360.
1: (laughs) I don't think that if you had told me that this was going to be my career path, I think I saw myself being like an executive vice president of an period that's, you know, that's what you do. But when I decided to go off on my own, I do. So in, in addition to on the 10, I do consulting and have my own clients as well. So I actually have five clients on my roster right now that I do work for and, you know, in a variety of different capacities, whether it's PR, digital marketing, influencer relations, running their social media accounts. So it's nice because I work for myself. And so I can travel and do the travel for my site and then I can still maintain and do work for clients. I have clients in London, Atlanta, Birmingham, New York, and Dallas. So it's really nice.
2: Wow. Okay. So talk to us about when, when did you know that this was going to be a living for you? What were kind of the steps where you thought, okay, I can quit my desk job and this can become my new thing?
1: I had been in a place where I was like, I need a change. I'm not wildly happy doing PR in the capacity that I was at the agency that I was. And sitting there I would find myself bored and I'm, I cannot be bored. (laughs) I can't be bored. You know, like there's, I think that, you know, all of a sudden you find yourself sitting there one day and you're going, okay, this is not fulfilling. This isn't what I want to do. It's so much stress that is it really worth the paycheck that I'm getting because I'm not saving lives. I'm not helping lives. Like I, you know, I definitely was not doing anything that was changing the world
2: you're not f- fulfilled at all.
1: I'm not saying that what I'm doing right now is changing the world, <laughs> but... <laughs> you
2: may be changing the world in some ways, who knows?
1: I hope that maybe it is a life-changing thing for someone to see my site. But, <laughs> you know, I think that it is, it was just one of those situations where I thought long and hard about, I'm kind of at this point in my life where do I continue down this path of having an anxiety attack at four o'clock in the morning because... A client emailed me at midnight and I looked at my, you know, it, it just, it was kind of this never ending cycle of why am I like this question just running in my head? Why am I doing this? And I had been working out with, interestingly enough, somebody had invited me as an influencer into a workout class to do a 30 day challenge. And I had become very good friends and very close with the owner and the founder And she's kind of a big sister, if you will. And we just started talking one day and she's like, why don't you just branch out? She's like, just, she's like, you've got, you're very well networked. You know, you can definitely pick up clients. And she kind of just put that little idea in my head and it turned into what it is now where I was able to, I'd been doing a lot of focus on the blog, but now i focus on the blog probably 50% and then clients, you know, 150%. (laughs) like I'm working at 200%, but I'm so much happier than I was doing what I was doing previously. And she was, my friend was right. Like It was very easy. It was a matter of, you know, sending a couple of emails around to friends and saying, Hey, I'm branching out. I'm going on my own. If you have anybody that you, you know, any clients, or if you want to be a client, let's work together. And, then I was able to, during that summer, I went to London and I spent a month in London and I was in Canada for a month and I was able to work remotely from all of those places. And I think that it was just for me, I think I needed to kind of test the waters and see if it was something that was feasible before I went in full force. And and it was, it was definitely something that I was able to do. And the blog, I would not say, you know, is it makes my income. That's the reason I have other clients, but you know, that's my fun money. Then that's, it's given me an opportunity to travel the world, but also like meet some of the most amazing people. Three of my closest girlfriends or other influencers that I've met through this platform, which is kind of crazy to think of, but you know, they're fantastic, amazing, wonderful, very driven women that are in this industry. And that is a huge thing for me is that it's really this like kind of creative powerhouse of girls and guys, but right. you know, Everybody that I know is a girl.
2: I love that. I mean, it's kind of the old saying: "Love what you do, and you'll never work a day in your life." I mean, you're kind of living that.
1: You know, I like to think that I am. There are some days where you're going, "Okay, do I, you know, do I <laughs> do go back, I do I go back I to the chew? desk job for the four hundred one k and like the really great health insurance, or do I?" Know. I, you know, I know, and that's yeah. It was so funny. I was with actually one of my influencer friends yesterday. We were at the beach and we were just talking and. She's like, you cannot go back to a full-time job at this point. I was like, I know, but you start, I've been doing this for two years and you start looking at kind of what is the longevity of this influencer space and will the bottom fall out?
2: Right, did y'all come up with an answer? No,
1: (laughs) no, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. (laughs) But you know, I think it's a matter of right now, my focus on my site is really creating a lot more video content. Video content performs exceptionally well. Brands love video content because it's a more affordable option for them to partner with an influencer and a content creator like myself than it is for them to outsource, to bring in a team, to film and to shoot and to do all of this. And so that's one thing that I am teaching myself is how to properly do iMovie and editing all of my videos and and everything. But, you know, how do I evolve the site to make sure that it stays relevant and, you know, kind of in the forefront of what content needs to be right now for brands. And I like it because I also, from a creative aspect, I do a lot of creative strategy and and for my clients, but for myself, I'm able to take ideas and concepts to brands and say, you know, I'd like to do this. Do you want to partner with me on it? So there's a lot of creative freedom there in what I do.
2: Right. Well, it sounds like you're moving full speed ahead and really like looking to see how you can grow this and better it in terms of video and everything else. I think that's because a lot of people become complacent or look at others and see, you know, what are they doing that looks so good and try to compare yourself. And I know it's not the best thing to do, but
1: that's a brutal game right there.
2: So how do you avoid that? Because I think that that's so hard in this space.
1: I'll be honest. There are definitely times when I sit there and I'm like, what is this person doing? That is any different, you know, I, and I, I would be anyone that says that they don't play this comparison game is you know,
2: I liars, I, they're all liars. I, I just,
1: I'm like, you are not telling the truth. <laughs> you yeah. are right now, <laughs> is growing. but for me, I think it's very, very difficult to, you know, not do that on a regular basis. But I think what I try and look at is because I do have a lot of girlfriends that do the exact same work that I do, you know, we're we're traveling, and you know, how do you not play that comparison game? And I think it's, trying for me, it's it's trying to look at what can I learn from what they're doing? Like, oh, that's really cool. How did she get that angle? Like, you know, that was a great concept. And I know she pitched it to JetBlue, you know, like I should be doing something like that. And then it gets your gears turning. So I think it's it's trying to look at it from like more of like a, le- like what can I learn from this as opposed to like comparison? Cause that comparison game will just- Kill you. Yeah.
2: So a lot of your good friends are influencers. How did that evolve? I think that's so cool. It is
1: Depending on who it is that, you know, you you talk about, it's always different. But one of my oldest girlfriends, we've known each other for three years, and we were both featured on Piper Lime, RIP, on their website.
2: I remember Piper
1: Lime. It was such a a good website.
2: It was owned by Gap. It was, yeah,
1: yeah. And so we were both featured on there, and she reached out, and she's like, hey, I think you live in my neighborhood. Do you want to meet one morning and shoot? And I was like, who is this? random girl, but okay. So we met up and we've been friends for three years. And I was actually at dinner with Wow, and we were all together at a big friend's birthday party on Saturday. And your friendships, you can have influencer friends like, oh, okay. I see you at parties and stuff like that. But like, we are not sitting there talking about only our content or we're not talking about only this. We're, you know, it's, it's actually like, You're invested in your friendship. It's very authentic. And two others, we met at workout classes and just started talking and and everything. And let's see, I guess Jocelyn, there were four of us that are influencers and we all met through this community. And we went to her wedding in France last year. You know, she's been an amazing friend and she's just one of the nicest, sweetest people. But it was just, we met through, we went at a workout event, like a meditation class one Saturday morning.
2: (laughs) And we're like, okay, three years later, now we're, you know, inseparable. Wow. Oh, that's that's really sweet. Yeah. That's a good friendship story.
1: Yeah. So it's it's good to, you know, kind of have those people also that understand why I'm taking my photos and why I'm doing this or why you can't touch your food for a few minutes before. <laughs> my girlfriends that are in finance don't understand it at all. Yeah. They try, they try, but they
2: don't. Right. You'll have to like tear their fork away from them if they're messing up the meal before you get your picture.
1: <laughs> I was just in Nashville visiting a friend of mine last week and she was so funny because it was my first time to Nashville. I have traveled the world and yet I uh, love that it. city. I, oh my gosh. I cannot get back fast enough. It was so wonderful. But she did such a great job of, she's like, okay, I found these Instagram places. Like, I think you're going to love this coffee shop because it's Instagram worthy. And we walked in and I was like, there's some sort of cute basket swing over here. Like the cups had palm leaves on there. You know, it was, I was like, I love that my girlfriends aren't
2: starting to think about this. <laughs> Right. You've trained them well. Right, exactly.
1: I'm like, thank you.
2: Well, we'll put together a whole list of Instagram-worthy spots in Austin for you.
1: Yes. Yes. I would love, love that because it's it changes all the
2: time. Oh, for sure. And if something's been done a lot, you obviously don't want to keep doing it.
1: Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. I would love that.
2: Okay. So this might be kind of a hard question, but what do you think, if you could name one or two things, would is like the best decision you think you've ever made in terms of your career change and where it is now?
1: Oh, that, you know, I think that that is a very hard question, but a good one. To be honest, I think the best decision I ever made was really trusting my gut, which I think it's really easy to second guess yourself when you're getting ready to make this massive leap of faith. And, you know, there are days when I'm like, what am I doing? Why am I stressing myself out? I could go back to a job and be doing this and be making all this money. And, but What's the quality of my life? So I think that, you know, really trusting my gut was so crucial, but I think it's also for me, my network of people is so important and so crucial to the success of my business and and my consulting and what I do, you know, and really maintaining those relationships and knowing that, you know, if I'm helping somebody out, hopefully down the line, they can help me out. Really. I think it's just nurturing those relationships.
2: Yeah. That's really good advice because I think that sometimes we're our worst salesperson. I mean, it's so hard to put yourself out there, but you have to. I mean, no one's going to work harder than you are for yourself. Exactly.
1: Exactly. I mean, I think that is, you just nailed it. Exactly.
2: Yeah. Okay. So what makes you get up in the morning and say you love your job?
1: <laughs> I would have to be you know, entirely honest here. I think that there are days when I'm like, oh my gosh, I have so, because your to-do list never ends, right? But for me, I think that it's just knowing that kind of every day brings something different. I don't have a cookie cutter day, which I love. Like I... Yeah, talk us through your typical day. My typical day starts with a lot of coffee, which I've not had yet this morning, so I apologize. But, you know, I think my days are so different. A lot of times... I try to work from home two or three days a week. And then I go in, I live in Brooklyn. And so then I'll go into the city or I'll go to Dumbo House to go and work from a different place and kind of change up my spot. Mondays and Tuesdays um, are days for me to really just do emails, shoot content if I need to shoot content for myself. And then Wednesdays and Thursdays are my meetings days. So I'll go into the city and do meetings, but I can't always control that. So I have a very flexible schedule, but I also you know, I have to get up in the morning and work out or it doesn't happen because at night, that's when a lot of my like networking things happen. A lot of, especially in the work that I do, cause I also manage two mom influencers. So I also need to be meeting with PR teams and brands to be concepting and working on programming and campaigns for them as well. So a lot of times I'll go and get drinks or I'll go and get coffee or, you know, have a meeting after normal business hours, because that's when those individuals are able to meet and have that face time with them to be able to say, okay, I have an expectant mom. We need to work on a stroller campaign and really like kind of putting down the concept and, and working through everything. It doesn't normally happen during the business day. They like to get out and say, okay, well, here, let's meet for a drink. So my days, you know, it starts kind of at six o'clock and then ends around 10 o'clock. Oh my gosh. It's a big day. That's a lot. It is a lot. But um, I think I've become... I've kind of gotten... Over the past two years, I've gotten into a pretty good routine of you have to force yourself into a routine. Or you kind of lose sight of, of your day. And all of a sudden, you're going, how is it two o'clock? And I've accomplished nothing. You know, my, my emails, I have two different emails. One is for my blog, and then one is for work. And between those two emails... I'm getting so I oftentimes get bombarded with emails. And so I have to take time out of my mornings and say, okay, I'm only going to focus on emails for these two hours. And then I have to get work done and I have to do, you know, I have to do a call. I have to chase somebody down. The one downfall about working for yourself is you're the only employee. I have a great assistant. And so she helps me with some of the admin, but you know, chasing down payments for my clients or chasing down right now, there's a product that is missing for a shoot that I'm supposed to be doing this afternoon. And the PR team, like we've been emailing this morning, and they're trying to track it down and and find it. But now we've got an email chain of 35 emails with five other people on there. (laughs) Like I said, my days are not normal, but I try to instill some sort of normalcy in them. And I think it's very easy to, in any industry, and I know that I was this way when I was at the PR agencies that I was at, but um, checking email at night is detrimental to your health. (laughs) All of a sudden you're sitting there going, okay, it's 11 o'clock and I'm looking at email. So i in the past couple of months, I've really been cognizant of trying not to look at email after seven o'clock because I've been working all day. And unless, you know, I need time in the evenings, Sundays, and then the evenings is is when I typically do photo editing for my images or I'm doing writing or I'm trying to teach myself how to edit a video. And so, you know, my nights, that's kind of, you know, I continue to work, but it's working on the blog at night.
2: Okay. So Ashley, have you, I was just listening to a podcast the other day. I can't remember what it was, but it was kind of like life hack tips. And one of them was when you work for yourself, you set alarms for each task that you have to do. And I thought that sounds so bizarre. Like why, I don't know, like why can't you just look at the clock and say I have an hour for email, shut it down when you, but I did it the other day and it was so, as soon as the alarm went off, I'm like, okay, I'm getting up, I'm moving on to the next thing. It was so incredible how I, that just that ding went off and it changed my mind into my next thing I had to do.
1: Exactly. I mean, I'm the exact same way and we might've been listening actually to the same podcast. One of my girlfriends is an editor at My Domain and she had told me that's what I needed to do. And this was probably six months ago. And I started doing it. I don't do it for every task, but I do it for my emails because it's very easy to go down an email spiral. You know, next thing you know, the to-do list hasn't even been touched and you've been sitting on emails for four hours. So that the alarm is absolutely like my, that's my go-to move for emails. I should try and do it for everything else, but it I think it's very hard to say, okay, I can only give myself an hour to work on this deck because once I get kind of into, once I close my mind on one thing and then I start focusing, I'm one of those people, like I need to focus on this one task at hand and try not to let myself get out of the groove because the work that I'm doing is so, it's so different depending on what it is or if it's for myself or if it's for a client. So you know, once I kind of get rocking and rolling, if you will, I really just want to focus on that.
2: Well, it sounds like you're doing an amazing job at creating a very fulfilling life and getting a lot in into it, for sure. I
1: like to think that it is.
2: Okay, so I'm going to ask you a few lighter questions now. What you travel quite a bit. What's been the favorite place you travel to first?
1: Everybody always asks me and I will be honest, I don't have an exact answer because I keep going to these new places and all of a sudden I'm like, oh I love it.
2: And then they become your favorite. Yeah, I love that place. I will say <laughs> That's so mean
1: you know, there are there are in terms of my travels, like I travel a lot to a lot of different places. City wise, I would say London and Paris are absolutely hands down. I would move to either of those cities in a heartbeat. I love those cities. When I was in London two years ago, I go back to London a few times a year, but when I was in London, I was there for you know right out a month and you know, it's, it's an easy city to kind of live in because everybody speaks English and it's beautiful and it's charming. And, you know, you can kind of get lost in little neighborhoods and stuff, same as you can in Paris. But then I crave, because I live in a city with, you know, 8 million people, and most of them are standing on top of each other on the subway. <laughs> <laughs> I crave a remote beach all the time. I just got back from the British Virgin Islands and I saw that your pictures looked amazing. It was such a beautiful, such a beautiful trip and it's a beautiful place that was unfortunately hit very badly by those hurricanes last year. And so they're in the process of rebuilding, but one of the things I'm focusing on with my content and the property that I worked with down there is focusing on as tourists why do we need to be going down to these places because we have to help them rebuild. It was such an eye-opening experience to kind of walk around this private island that we were on and see the changes that were made to the vegetation and and to even the marine life after the hurricane. And so, you know, it was a very like educational trip unexpectedly as well, but it was beautiful down there. And, you know, sitting on an empty beach with nobody else around is kind of heaven. Yes, it is. I was fortunate enough to go to Mystique last year. And um, it's another, you know, small private island, but it's just one of the most magical places you could go. And you can find yourself completely alone on an island. And, you know, there's nobody around to bother you. There's no sirens. There's no alarms. There's, you know, you kind of put yourself into a very different mindset. And I think it's really important for anyone to, you know, kind of have that downtime. But for me, because I have so much going on, I crave those kind
2: of trips a lot. Yeah, no, I'm sure it's like a jolt back into where your head needs to be a little bit, right? Exactly. Okay. So do you have a bucket list place you haven't visited, but you want to? It's so funny that you asked. I was on a trip
1: in February with three other influencers and none of us had met before. And we're currently planning a trip for this fall all together because we just, we clicked and we connected and, and we were so excited about it. But the conversation is, okay, what's on everybody's bucket list? I'm like, my bucket list changes minute by minute, day by day because I could come across a new place that I want to go to or, oh my gosh, I didn't realize that I really want to go to Rwanda during my Africa trip and I want to hit Mauritius. You know, so... My bucket list is constantly growing. But I think for me, my next big, big trip will hopefully be to Africa to do a safari. And then I want to do the gorilla trekking as well. But that's like my big trip, hopefully, that I can accomplish this year. I would love to make it over to Australia and New Zealand. But for me, it's like that trip, I need to be there for three weeks or four weeks to do everything I want to do because I'd love to do, you know, the outback. And my problem is that my gears start turning on like, where do I want to go? And, you know,
2: I know it's endless, right? Okay. So speaking of traveling and now a little bit of fashion, what do you typically wear when you're going to on an international flight or a long flight? Like something that's comfortable, but yet you want to look chic. You want to look chic. That is, there's nothing more disturbing to me when I see people that show up in their pajamas.
1: It, it's like, oh no, no, that's not acceptable. I know. Oh my gosh. That's funny. I I mean, I cannot even believe I'm going to say this, that I really, I wear a pair of black workout pants because I want to, if I'm in jeans, that's just not going to be enjoyable or I'll wear a maxi dress because I get really cold on flights. So trying to try to look put together. If I'm wearing the black little lemon pants, for instance, I have a white button up and usually like my jean jacket or my trench coat is with me. So trying to make that black legging, look a little dressed up, you know, and and wearing, I usually wear a pair of like pointed toed slides. I put my socks in my carry on.
2: Okay. I'm laughing. Ashley. that is my uniform. In fact, Tedra is typing to me that, oh my gosh, that is your uniform. You did not know that you and I are one and the same. I mean, yeah, no, I have black pants, um, either outdoor voices or Lulu. And then I usually do a denim button down every day, every day, pretty much. I have
1: my real one and my sister picked me up from the airport the other day and she's like, can you get rid of that shirt? I was like, it's my favorite shirt. Leave me alone. <laughs> no.
2: Do you have anything else to wear? Oh, that's so funny. My
1: mother owns a clothing store in Dallas. And so it's one of those situations. She's like, you have more clothes than most people are ever going to have in a lifetime. And you wear the exact same thing on your flights every single time. I'm like, it's comfortable and it's easy.
2: Okay. Ashley, my last question before I pass it off to Tedra, what would your UPS guy say is your favorite online shop? Honestly,
1: he'd say ASOS or Revolve because I think I get equally as many packages from those two stores on a regular basis. I actually have a PO box because I don't have a doorman that accepts all my packages. So for instance, I was gone for two weeks traveling and I went in and the guy is so nice at the UPS store. He's like, I don't know what you do for a living, but I am so curious right now because of all the packages you keep getting and it's also, you know, like he'll accept my messenger packages. So I had a Soul Cycle package, I had Pressed Juicery, Kettle One vodka, and Johnny Walker all delivered like in one day. And you know, you've got I'm coming in and I'm like, "Hi, I'm here to get my packages." It's like, what? What do you do? Like, it was just very, like, very, like, scratching his head. Like, I don't understand.
2: <laughs> oh, that's funny. The sign of the times. All right, Tedra, do you have any follow-up questions for Ashley?
0: I do. So I'm just sitting here listening. So I'm going to go back a little bit and pick up some things I was curious about. So you worked, you worked in PR. What did that transition look like? I mean, you talked about sort of the overall picture, but what did the detail look like? I mean, how long had you been at your PR firm? And then how long did it take you transition out of that to where you left that job and went, went as a full-time blogger?
1: I was at um, one agency for five years and an opportunity presented itself kind of at a competing agency to work on one of their fashion accounts. And I was like, you know what? This is a great fit. It's a great move. I went over there and I was there for two years and an opportunity presented itself to go in-house. And so I went in-house and that was around the time that I really started on the blog because once I was in-house, it was a little bit of a different scope of work. I was managing an agency that was doing a lot of the work and I was overseeing projects. So I had a little bit more time where I wasn't at the office until 10 o'clock. And then also with modern day technology, it was nice because I had my laptop that would go home with me or I had email because when I first entered working at an agency, you know, you, not everybody, especially junior team members had the accessibility to laptops at home and stuff. And so just over the course of time, my schedule eased up a little bit. And when I was at the in-house agency, it was a situation that kind of like in a weird way of things playing out, the company was really not doing great. And my job was completely fine, but I started talking to my boss and she is a mentor and one of the nicest, most intelligent women I could have ever have asked to have come into my life. And I said, you know, I just, I'm I'm bored. I'm really, really bored. And this was around the same time that I was talking to the fitness studio that ended up being a client and a friend. And I gave six weeks notice to my boss. And she's like, I think this is the right move. She's like, you have so much potential. And the fact that you're sitting here telling me you're bored and I can't do anything to help you, it's hard for me. And she's like, you know, I think you'll actually She's like, if you want to ever come back you're. it's an open door. We would love to have you back. And now she's running another company. And we were just emailing a few weeks ago, actually. She was checking in on me and seeing what all was going on. But I think the timing of it just lined up. And I had this feeling that, okay, I need to, I need to start putting things into place. And so during that time, I really just started mapping out a plan of basically a plan of attack. How am I going to get clients what am I going to do? And how much time am I going to allocate to my blog? And how am I going to start monetizing my blog? Because I was monetizing it, but really just through little one-offs. You know, If somebody would reach out to me, I wasn't actually going to brands and, and sending them concepts. So putting into place that kind of game plan was really, really crucial. And it took me a lot of time to get it into the right place it helped me kind of see what that path was going to be. And I was able to get clients right away. And then I was able to... Yeah,
0: I want to ask you that. Like, how were you able to get clients right away? I mean, assuming you didn't have tons of page views or tons of you know, followers at that point, like, how did you do that?
1: My network. It was really just a matter of me reaching out and saying, look, we used to work together at Edelman. I know you're working on the Tresemme hair campaign. I would like to work with you. Like, here's my media kit. And it was just kind of like, what do I have to lose if I don't reach out to these people, right? I know these people. I know them well. Like a lot of them, I worked with, and they know me, so they knew kind of what they were going to be getting in terms of caliber of content and everything. So I was in a different place than some people are. Like they don't even know how to begin to find the right contact for this, or you know, well, how do I even begin to send a pitch letter? Like these are all things that I was already doing, and so I was confident that. I think there was also some sort of, you know, level of self-confidence that I had. I was like, I've got this. Like, and if I don't, then I shouldn't be going on my own. I had to like have enough confidence in myself that I could do this to even pursue it, really.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask you, like, I mean, how big of a role did your PR background play in your transition? Because, I mean, it sounds like you had a leg up in, in some ways.
1: Really and truly, I think that it was my PR background really set the stage for where I am and what I'm doing now, because it forced me back in the day, I was doing call downs to editors and I would, you know, have to talk to people and you get rejected and people are like, I'm not, I'm not interested in talking to you about this story, or I'm not interested in hearing about this client. And so you've, you've learned that you need to have some thick skin, right. And you learn the rejection real quickly in PR. And so I think that there's just For me, it was, if I'm going to go off on my own, I have to have no fear and I have to have confidence in myself. And in my network, I knew that my network was crucial to my success. And like I said, I maintain those relationships, I nourish those relationships. A lot of those relationships are are good friends now at this point, but I did feel, you know, I did have a little bit of a leg up because I knew who to go out to. You know, a lot of people are like, I don't have that contact. How did you get that contact? Like, where did you find that? And, you know, there's not really an answer to it. I I found it or I know of that person or I asked around, you know, and then I, in knowing what a brand wants and what a PR team wants to see in an email, they don't want to see six paragraphs on you. They want your numbers. They want your stats. They want your media kit. You know, it needs to be short and to the point. And I think that was, for me, it was... You know, I would send emails, I'm like, hey, here's my stuff, basically. Like, I wanna work with you guys. You know, and some brands say no, but I've worked with some really major brands, in my opinion, that I think are fantastic and and you know, incredible. And and I keep having to pinch myself every once in a while because you know, when a brand like Revolve comes and says, Hey, we wanna work with you, you're going, Wait, you want you wanna work with me? Okay that's amazing. I'd basically give you half my income anyways, but you want to work with me? That's exciting.
0: So I'm curious, like in the beginning, when you had your media kit, I mean, obviously you knew what to do, but like, I have to assume your numbers on your media kit were low, right? But you were somehow still... Yeah, they were low. So it was, I mean, and my, but also my rates were low. You were realistic about, look, this. right. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know,
1: a lot of times, like I'll see people's media kits. I'm like, why do you think you're, you can charge that? You know, and... I do consult with other influencers on their media kits because I do have that PR background and I do know what brands are looking for. I'm like, you're not going to be able to get that. Like, you've got to be able to show something far more substantial than because it's not really just your follower count at this point, it's really your engagement. And this morning, I need to update my media kit. We're emailing about this trip. The girls and I are, and we're like, okay, we all need a one pager. But what we're all doing is we're including screenshots of, you know, some of our top performing pieces so that, These brands can see, okay, it's not just the number of likes, but it's the number of saves, it's the number of eyes, it's the number of click throughs on the link in my bio. You know, when we're trying to sell in those types of packages to brands, it's you need to be able to show them what they're going to get by working with you. And I think for me, it's, you know, It was really important from the get-go that I was realistic in terms of what I was charging brands. And then I just started really building up those relationships because then they knew over the course of time that obviously my rates are going to increase. But I think that they saw the caliber of content that they were getting and, and what they were getting and how that partnership was really playing out. And it was at a good rate for, and it was at a, you know, on par with what I should have been charging. And then as I've grown, obviously that's changed a little bit, but you know, the
0: relationships are still there. This is very educational. I just think like who wouldn't (laughs) want to know this stuff if they're into this, you know, business at all. Okay. So just like not in the professional side of things, but When you're traveling, obviously you have a love of fashion and style. How are you coordinating your style? Like, if you're going to go on a trip, like, are you laying out outfits? Are you thinking about, like, I mean, what does that look like? How does that work?
1: And it's so funny. I'm sitting in my room and I'm shooting a packing series this afternoon for a brand. But you know, it's so funny because I think. The way I approach it, I perpetually overpacked. Like I overpacked like a crazy person. I lived on a fifth floor walk up and would have a 95 pound suitcase every single time I'd go on a trip. And then when I started traveling as much as I started traveling, was like something's gonna have to change. I cannot continue to carry the suitcase up and down these stairs. So I kind of approached it the way that I do everything else in life. Like I need a strategy, how am I going to attack this? And so now really before any trip, I have to have everything planned out about a week in advance, lay everything out, figure out like, what are the holes? What am I missing? I usually go in with like a color scheme so that everything is very cohesive in terms of my content. You know, and sometimes I can't help that because a brand, if I'm working with a brand and they send me a black and white swimsuit and everything else is bright colors, well, I still need to figure out how to make that work. But for the most part, that's kind of how I approach it. I really try to only take a carry-on suitcase. Last year, of airline that will remain unnamed, lost all of my luggage going to Fiji. Oh. I had all of my brand partnerships oh my in there. Gosh. I had luckily put in my carry-on, my like small bag, I had luckily put two products for a brand partnership into my carry-on and I packed a swimsuit. Everything else, I was on a private island and everything else has been lost. And luckily I was on this island with a very, very good friend of mine and we travel a lot together. She's probably four inches small, you know, shorter than I am. But she was like, look, just borrow whatever you need to. It was comical. It was just absolutely comical. And the women on the island, like they didn't really have a gift shop, but they, somebody went into town, into another island one day and bought me underwear and a dress (laughs) and brought it back. It was just, you know, so after that happened, I was like, I'm never checking a suitcase again. It's just, So now I just have to be very meticulous about how I pack. And so like my packing strategy is very detailed, if you will.
0: What is something like a one tip or two tips that you could share with people? It doesn't have to be related to um, your industry, but it can be.
1: Kind of like what I was saying earlier is really just networking. I think, you know, you need to get out there and you need to network and you, this is a cluttered space. There are a lot of people trying to do a lot of the same stuff. And I think you have to put yourself out there and, and really, you know, work to build those relationships. They're not going to come to you.
0: If I call you at 9 a.m. on any given day, what are you most likely doing? Checking the email. What is something people would be surprised to know about you? Oh, gosh. That
1: is a really great question. And I don't... I'm pretty, I'm a pretty open book. <laughs> I, You know, I guess people that don't really know me, I think that... Maybe they would be surprised. I lived in France. I studied abroad there. And so that, that's kind of where my love affair with travel and, and everything really started. But it was, you know, a million years ago.
0: Okay, so how do you like to decompress?
1: Oh, I live by the park right now. I just moved and i it might be my favorite thing to just go and kind of like walk around in the park and either listen to classical music country music or a podcast. And it's just, maybe I'll walk around, maybe I'll sit on the bench, maybe I'll just, you know, take my blanket out there or a book or something. But it's just time for me to just kind of be with me, if you will.
0: Who are three people you'd love to follow on Instagram?
1: Chrissy Teigen. I just think she's hysterical. Who else do I follow? Oh, this is so random, but Kristen Cavallari. I just think that she's a very normal human being. <laughs> and so I follow her account. It's, you know, she, it's a cute account. And I'm like, it was so funny because we were in Nashville last week and I like pulled something up and my friend was like, oh, I think Kristen, I think that's Kristen Cavallari's like jewelry line or something. I was like, oh, I think it is. Yep. And I like go to Instagram and check it. But yeah, it was, it's, she's that kind of like a random one to, that I, that I follow. And then who else? Oh, Kristen Bell. I mean, it's so random that they're all like three celebrities because I don't really care much about celebrities, but they're, I think that
0: they're, they're just funny. <laughs> What's a book you love?
1: You know what? My favorite book for a while has been The Paris Wife. I just, I really loved it. And then I also read a lot of, I think there's something to be said when you work for yourself. So you kind of start reading those like self-motivational, like entrepreneurial books and stuff. And I Recently, was told that I needed to read The Subtle Art of Not Giving a, an F. And I have to say that that was a very good book because I think you have to kind of overcome some fears when you work for yourself. Um, and that was, it was a good read. And I think it was like very tremendously helpful in some aspects, so.
0: Describe your perfect day. My perfect day
1: is getting up in the morning and going and working out, getting a iced dirty chai latte and then walking around, my, my neighborhood. It sounds so simplistic, but it's really like, I, I just enjoy kind of exploring my own city, especially now that I've moved to Brooklyn. There's so much to be said for kind of just like walking around and I go to the farmer's market a lot and everything.
0: What's your current Netflix addiction?
1: The crown. I'm on season two and then probably just the crown right now. I don't have time. I don't allow myself a lot of time to watch TV um, because I have so much so many other things going on, but sometimes I'll put it on for background
0: noise. What's a favorite beauty product we could find in your bag at all times?
1: Probably my Charlotte Tilbury bronzer duo.
0: Who would you love to have coffee with?
1: You know, honestly, I would love to have met Coco Chanel because I just, she was such like a powerhouse female at the time when women weren't really doing, creating companies and businesses.
0: So who's your celebrity crush?
1: Oh, Ryan Reynolds or Ryan
0: Gosling, you know, one of the Ryans. (laughs) What meal would you choose as your last meal?
1: I'm such a burger and fries girl. So I would say burgers and fries, but it keeps changing on where my favorite one is at. So I don't know if I can necessarily say where I would do it at, but there's a great burger that's like an off the menu burger at Beatrice Inn and you can only get it at the bar. And I think they only make 10 of them a night. So, and it's pretty fantastic. And that might be my last meal.
0: What's the best gift you've ever received? Probably my
1: Apple laptop that I'm talking to you guys from. My sister and my mom gave it to me as a Christmas gift, the Christmas that I decided to go off on my own. And it came with a very, very encouraging note of why they were giving this to me and everything. So, because I think, you know, it's just, it seems like it's not like a sentimental gift or anything, but there's a lot of sentiment behind
0: it. What's the best gift you've ever given?
1: I gave my mom her first trip to London last year. Um, So I I give trips. That's what I like to give. And when I can, that was just like a very amazing mother-daughter trip. And we take one every year, but that was her first time to London. And it was exciting to see her get to experience and enjoy one of my favorite cities.
0: What's the last thing you
1: Googled? This morning, it was directions on how to get to a meeting this afternoon.
0: to one last question. What's the greatest life advice you've ever received?
1: That is a very difficult one, but my grandmother just taught, like, I'm very close with my grandmother and she tells me, you know, you need to believe in yourself. You need to believe in yourself because if you don't believe in yourself, nobody's going, you know, there will be people that will say that they believe in you, but if you don't truly believe in yourself, you're not going to be able to do everything that you want to do. That's something that she constantly reminds me of.
0: Oh, I love that. Grandmothers give the best advice. <laughs> One thing, um, this is just a, a comment. You mentioned it during the podcast, and I just want to reiterate it one more time. You said, instead of comparing yourself to all the people that you like to watch on Instagram and looking at their blogs or whatever, their photos, that it's better to learn from them instead of compare yourself to them. And I just loved that. So I wanted to bring that back up one more time and sort of have a little bit of lasting memory because so I think comparison is the worst thing. But if you look at it like, what can I learn from this person, then it changes the entire viewpoint.
1: Right. Exactly. I mean, it it is, I think that, you know, that's the biggest thing that you know, I was sitting with my friend yesterday and we were looking at something on Instagram and she's like, I just don't get it. You know, like I wanted that campaign. Why didn't, and it's like, well, what was she doing that was different that you could have been doing to get that campaign? And, you know, I think that's the way I've had to look at it because it's, it's very easy to sit there and compare yourself and, you know, put yourself down and say, Oh my gosh, I'm not as good as she is. Or, you know, obviously these brands like her more. Well, that's not the case. There is a number of reasons why, you know, something didn't go as planned or you didn't get a campaign or something. But yeah, I think that's been the biggest struggle. But it's also, if I don't tell myself that, then it would eat away at me, you know?
0: Yeah. Okay. So tell us where we find you online and your social media handles, all that.
1: Yeah. So my blog is on the 10.com and my social media channels, it's all just Ashley. The letter N I I. So Ashley, me. Nee, and yeah, that's where I am.
0: Okay. Thank you so much for coming on today. It's been, I've really learned a lot. I've loved hearing you talk about your story and all the transitions you've made. And I just really appreciate you coming on and being our guest.
1: No, thank you so much for having me. It was so,
2: it was so lovely to talk to you guys. Okay. Take care. Bye. Bye. all right tedra i loved our conversation with ashley i amazing. thought she was amazing okay so quick question for you do you roll or fold when packing oh fold 100 percent. what about you you know i tend to fold when i travel there and
0: roll when i come back you do yeah that's thought for sure you're a roller in fact i thought you'd said that before learn something every day all right. Well, we want to thank you all for listening today. And
2: if you like the show, we would love for you to head over to iTunes and give us a positive review. While you're there, check out We Get to Know Travel and We Get to Know Eat Well. You can also find us at wegettoknow.com where you can sign up for our newsletter and on social media at We Get to Know. Head over to Instagram. We'd love to hear from you and get your opinions on guests and show ideas. Our music is provided by the talented Blake Atwell of Studio 1916. Until next time, take care as we continue to get to know all of our favorite influencers and bloggers. All right, Tedra, um, that was a very informative, awesome chat with Ashley. I think that, I mean, I don't know. I learned probably 10, 15 things. No, I learned more than that. Let's cut
0: that. I learned like 17, 18 things, something <laughs> like that. Maybe even 23. So we're going to be
2: quick with our questions to each other. Um, do you roll or fold when packing? Fold.
0: Okay, Perfect. That's, all, that's yeah. all you're allowed to say. This is so good. <laughs> Let's leave it in the show.